Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 4Jack Podcast. As you've noticed, we took a break from the PGA Tour this week from the Travelers Championship. Uh, obviously, turned out to be kind of a wild one with Harris English winning in the eighth playoff hole. Uh, did not see that coming, to say the least, but... Um, yeah, pretty wild. We didn't really get to cover that this week. Uh, the boys decided that we should have a little break in, the, in a much-deserved break to get down to the beach and enjoy some Vancouver weather. Obviously, with this heat wave, it was a treat for us all. But we do have something in store for you today. We uh, Parks and I did this interview a little ways back, and it is an interesting one, to say at least. He's kind of a Vancouver legend who kind of just snuck his way onto a bag at the old Greater Vancouver Open, just looping around for a bunch of guys that led to a lot of life-changing moments for this guy. Uh, Randy the Dog DeBoer is who we have on today, who, yeah, after he got that first loop, kind of just took him down an interesting path getting on bags on the PGA Tour, on the Canadian Tour, Senior Tour, and kind of just took him all over North America, just having a good time and enjoying Vancouver, and a man that loves Vancouver, loves golf, and has the stories to share. I mean, we did about an hour and a half with him, and we probably had an hour and a half of recording on either end of said recording. It, it was an absolute treat to sit down and talk with this guy who was just so much fun, and we hope that you guys really enjoy this interview. You know what? It, it it's very interesting just see, listening to this guy that just truly loves golf and just found his way into this position and loves to share the stories. So enjoy our interview with Randy the Dog DeBoer, and we will talk with you guys next week after the Rocket Mortgage. See you guys. Enjoy. Welcome to the 4Jack Podcast. And welcome back to the 4Jack Podcast, brought to you by Jackson Labs, the brand consultants that we trust to get our brand going in the right direction, and the brand consultants you should trust to do the same. So go check them out at jacksonlabs.com. We have an absolute blast of an interview today, Um, one that kind of came across across the (laughs) the eyes of many, and we just just knew that we had to have this conversation. It was coming. We were ready for it. We prepped ourselves mentally for it, but uh, we can get into our guests in just a sec. Um, just going to say hello to the man, Parks. You know, we're sitting here enjoying a pint. How are you feeling, my man? I'm feeling really good, actually. Yeah, I did some push-ups earlier. I did some stretches, lunges, the deep lunges, not just like, you know, surface lunges. I was really getting prepped for this. But yeah, we're in, uh, we're in Mahoney's tonight. We're live on location. Have a nice little view. We have a special guest in the house. He's got some great, great dirt for us definitely uh this is a definitely a story that maybe not many have heard but probably anyone who's listening should sit down and enjoy this because even in the pre-pod prep for this uh there were some laughs there were some tears there was <laughs> some shock and i think that we're all just going to sit uh, to sit down and enjoy this uh today we have a man who Snuck his way onto the PGA Tour and got into the got onto a bag and just made him made a name for himself out there. Randy, the dog, DeBoer. How are you, sir? Not too bad, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. This is gonna be a fun one. Oh, for sure. definitely. I, I, I'm I'm excited for this. I mean, even just listening to the stories beforehand, I'm like, this is just gonna be too good. Um, let's just get right into this then, just so that our listeners can grab a hold of this and know what they're getting into. How it all started? Get, give us the story of how this started and how you got onto a bag. Sure. I uh, worked as a limousine uh, company owner back in the day when the very first, very first GBO came out. And uh, we uh, had decided to do a uh, sponsor in the, in the program and everything. And, did that and went out and enjoyed the PGA being in Vancouver for the first time in a long time. And <coughs> pardon me, I uh, enjoyed myself down there. And then I left for the day. It was a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and I got back to the Barnett Hotel, which is now not there anymore. And um, I was sitting down to have a nice steak dinner, and my buddy phoned me, Hondo. He says, "Dog, get down here. You want a caddy for this guy?" And I says. Uh, Sure, sure, Hondo, I'll be right there. I threw my steak knife down, didn't even touch my steak, and drove my limo like crazy back to Northview. So I get there, and they won't let me in. I'm like, what? You know. 
So I made me park my limo on the other side of 168th there, and I had to run all the way into the clubhouse. So I got there, and Buddy Hondo says, on the first tee, now, run, right? You know, so I get over there, and I go, hi, I'm Randy. I'm supposed to work for, you know, this guy grabs me my hand. He says, hi, I'm Lance, Lance Tenbroke. I says, oh, good to meet you, Lance. Okay, so we started getting it going, and uh, we stepped off the first tee on the practice round, and he says, uh, well, they call me last call. I said, well, that's great. They call me one more DeBoer. <laughs> so, so we hit it off right there. We're, we're pals right away. It was right? love at first sight. Yeah, we went through the whole 18 holes and got around there, and he taught me the quick things about, you know, having a wet towel and stuff by dipping his towel in the pond over on the sixth hole or whatever it is. Seven. <laughs> and uh, so we went through the round, and we did good. And that night we went out and partied a little bit down at the Barnett. And uh, it just turned into a, a kind of a... A snowball effect, how I met all the guys at Caddy forever and the legendary Caddy guys, right? Um, Hawk and JJ. Yeah, this is in like the old school Caddy time. I mean, a little bit different than now. And we, we okay, hang on here. We got to, we got to provide a little context because last call Lance Tenbrook is like, he's, he's kind of a big deal out there. He's a legend, yeah. He was a player back in the day, but. There were some issues with the drink and shaky hands and whatnot, and then he ended up transitioning to a PGA Tour caddy, and he well, caddied for Jesper for a long time. He just made the conscious decision to go caddying because he loved the game so much that he wanted to be in the game and, and still have all the, you know, the benefits of being in the game without actually the, the pressure of playing. Right. So he signed up with Jesper back in the early days, and it just went that way. He's caddied for a pile of people. Yeah, since, yeah, he's right? been out there for a long time. Yeah, and uh, he, he loves it. He loves it immensely, as you can tell. And he's out there on the Champs Tour right now. Yeah. I think he's working for Jesper right now. I'm not sure. Yeah, could but, be. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good thing with Lance. And his son, Jonathan, and I are friends, too. Yeah, I've watched him grow up. And, uh, like I said, it just snowballed with all the rest of the caddies, too. So, so okay, you, let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about you, you have this mad dash to the golf course. This is like, holy shit, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. But Hondo gives me the call. I got to get there. You show up, you have no idea what the hell you're doing. You, you're probably looking like the caddy from uh, Happy Gilmore, you know, carrying the bag under your arm, backwards hat, like, all right, I'm here to have fun. Let's do this. Yeah, pretty close. I, I kind of had a little bit better working knowledge than that, but we, uh, we, <laughs> Thank God. we, we hit it off pretty good, and we did, I did everything right, you know, and he decided to hire me for the week, nice, you know, which was great. And uh, we went out Thursday, and we shot like one over, I think, and uh, just had a great day out there. And... Then Friday, I think we shot one or two over. We missed the cut by two anyway. And uh, we had the weekend off, so that's when the party started. I love, I love, you can tell a true caddy when he says we shot. Yeah, we went out and we shot this. It's yeah. like, you know, guys that are actually embedded in the game, that's how they talk. Because otherwise, he'd be like, oh, my player did this. I had no fucking idea what he was doing. <laughs> I had my bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was a couple years later. Wouldn't it make Weir win out there? Oh. Was that a Brandel Chambly win back then? Um, that would have been like early 2000, like 0201 something. Yeah. The very first one was Guy Boros Jr. won, I think. Wow. Because I went to Air Canada Open. What year was that? That was 2003, I want to say I went. But that's when Bobby Jones won the first one, right? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> back yeah. In 30, Allegedly. Back in, before NOM. Yeah, it might yeah. have been Vige, might have been Bobby Jones. Not totally sure, <laughs> but... I, I just remember sitting there watching this golf course going like, and actually now playing it last year for the first time and seeing it and you go, oh yeah, I can see why these guys would eat this up and how Weirzy would make it look like a joke. But uh, like, oh yeah, even like caddy that track, eh, if it's hot, I, I probably wouldn't enjoy it too much, especially as a first timer. So you, okay, dog, you guys didn't make the cut. Couple over on second day, emceed. Tell us what chaos ensued. I uh, praise. We just went partying. We went to the ballet shows at the the Barnett and the Pink Flamingo. Yeah, and Don donate. We, uh, you know, just kind of had fun with everybody as it snowballed together, and everybody was there, and it just it turned into a monster, right? Everybody that missed the cut it was one of the best things I've ever seen. Was Sunday Sunday afternoon watching golf in a hotel room with five caddies that missed the cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that guy's a this guy. It was really something to see. So, like I said, the years to follow, um, I, I managed to get another job similar to Lance's with uh, a guy named Keith Nolan. He's uh, actually caddying for Scott Perel right now. Okay. And him and Mike Weir just uh, the other day there. Yeah. Mike, he almost won again. And uh, I ran in and uh, 
I got this job with Keith Nolan. So we did the practice round and Mike Weir was in our group in the practice round. This is the year he won. So we're on this practice round and Mikey's a lefty, right? So, you know, the gig, if, you, if your player's going to hit a shot, you stand in front of him, right? So now this Keith Nolan's got like 20 clubs in the bag. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hungover. <laughs> and so we're walking around doing this. And I think it was on about the third or fourth hole. And I was standing properly for Mike's shot, but I was behind him. So he turned, kind of yells at me, hey, get over here in front of me where you're supposed to be. Rah, 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 rah. I'm like, yeah, all right, screw you, buddy. Okay, buddy, I'll work for you. <laughs> yeah. You're talking to uh, you lefty. You're, you're lucky I came out here to carry 20 clubs. So <laughs> 60 balls. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, bag, the bag was horrendous. Change of clothes. It was horrendous, the weight of this bag. But anyways, I went around there, and then on 17, yeah, no, it was uh, 17, no, it was the 18th hole, tee box at Northview. He had stuck his Powerade into the pocket of his bag upside down with the lid open it oh, was, and it was blue <laughs> so oh, he looks at this and he goes what did you do there and i go me i didn't do it right and i pulled it out and it's just full inside the bag <laughs> so i stuck my towel in there right sopped it all up and i looked at it and i think he did that so he wouldn't have to hire me right <laughs> oh what a guy <laughs> so we get to we get to 18 we're finished we walk over to the practice tee and he's gonna hit some balls he says yeah here's 50 bucks i don't think i'll be using you <laughs> I almost said, hey, look, you want to keep the 50. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you need this more than I do. Yeah, yeah, you want to borrow some money, bud? Do you need to get home? Is yeah. that, you want me to call your mom? It was pretty close, but he's a pretty good guy, Keith. Yeah. So the fire was kind of lit then, oh, all yeah. in a bag. Yeah. I, I followed him around. I, I worked uh, for an ex-Vietnam vet named Clyde Huey at uh, Windsor at the Essex Club in 2002. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, the, the bag was arranged. I came all the way from Vancouver to down to Windsor or to Hamilton to my family lives down there. And I drove all the way out to Windsor, rented a car, stayed at the Hilton, <laughs> you know, riding the elevators with Hale Irwin and Larry Nelson and all the guys, right? It was great. And uh, <laughs> Did they all have their young daughters at the, uh, at the hotel as well when they were going mm-hmm. up and down the elevator? I don't think for the Canadian trip they would have done that because no. you know, it was just across the river. But so the week is going great. We're, we're, we're playing practice rounds and, you know, getting it going out there at the Essex Club, which is a really nice little golf course in Windsor. And uh, it was the 2002, still the Champions Tour at that time. It wasn't, uh, or uh, it was still Senior senior Tour, tour, not the Champions Tour. That's right. So I've been trying to stay out of the casino. (laughs) I'm already down about four grand. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is great. So I had dinner by myself because Clyde didn't want to come out of his room. He said he was going to hit some putts and relax because we're teeing off early in the morning. So I'm sitting there. And in Windsor, there's bars, 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 and then this huge casino flashing lights right he's calling your name as soon as i I said i'm not going down there i'm not going down there as soon as i finished eating bam walked right down there and lost my last 200 dollars. so i said okay we'll go back to the hotel room grab a couple more hundred dollars and go back and see what i can do i'm in the the, uh, canadian club room they called it for the high rollers so i'm playing ten dollars a spin twenty dollars with the double spin right i'm going through the money again i'm like oh man and jim thorpe's there he's playing right near me yeah, and all Jim saying, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite word. So we're there, and uh, I'm hitting this button, hitting the button. All of a sudden, boom, 10 times, 10 times, double bar comes up. And I look at it, and I'm thinking, oh, and I look real quick, and I think, four grand, all right, I'm even. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm out of here. And this guy beside me slaps me really hard right in the chest. Boom. He goes, dude, that's 40 grand. It's not 4,000. What? holy shit i jumped up i started dancing around like this you know and the girls are coming over giving me cocktails and everything right yeah back rubs spilt my wine all over my shirt as you should (laughs) and uh, i got the the girl comes up and goes wow this is great you know we strongly suggest you take a check mr DeBoer." and i go Uh, i strongly suggest you pay me in cash (laughs) and she she again she says i think we should pay you in a check and i said i think you should pay me in cash listen here See where this is going, right? Yeah. Time to go, so sir. I leaned in and whispered in her ear. I said, go get $40,000 and pay it to me in front of these people. Oh, she nice. Goes, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's the big promo shot, right? There you go. And they sent me this big, well, they gave me a big paper check, $40,000 with my name on it and everything, right? Like you're winning a PGA Tour event. It's, it's one o'clock in the morning and I go back and slide it under Clyde's door. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go up to my room and I phone him. I go, I go, Clyde, go look under your door. I left you something. He goes, what time is it? He's calling me at this time. And I'm thinking he's going to get pissed off, right? He goes over, and I can hear him rattling this check. And he goes, 
what? You won $40,000? Motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so he says, okay, take the morning off. And I go, what, 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 what no, no, no. <laughs> Click. <laughs> so I don't, I don't get to work in the morning. Oh, <laughs> shit. Wow, you were covered for the week, though. He says, I'll get somebody from the club. I'm like, oh, great. I don't want to do this, right? So in the morning, I grabbed a stack or two of uh, $100 bills and went back over there. And promptly lost 15 grand. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, here we go. So I'm out of here. So I went back to the course and I got in there and uh, he was just making the turn and he was three over. And I looked at him. I said, he goes, like, wait, wait, waves me over and says, get rid of this kid. I want you back on the bag, right? So I finished the back nine with him, got him back to even. And then uh, that was Friday morning. And then Saturday and Sunday, we played pretty good. And uh, we got in there. I think we tied for 53rd. Out of a pretty big field, so it was it was great. And uh, Clyde is teaching now somewhere in the states, but uh, what a golf swing he's got! Did you make your fifteen grand back on the payday, or no? No, I still got home with fifteen grand though. Okay, <laughs> I call that. I bought, I bought Clyde's room at the at the Hilton for the week and all his meals and everything. Nice. See, that's and, something a caddy's uh, not yeah. going to be doing nowadays. Uh, no, I got all my room and his room and. You know, su- souvenirs. I cleaned out the souvenir shop. You know, I was like, I'll take two of those, three of them, four of those. <laughs> I got and money to spend. Yeah, Woo! it was great. And uh, <laughs> I drove back to Hamilton and spent a couple of days with the family and saw my daughter and stuff. And then I uh, came back to Vancouver and uh, gave out all the souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was quite the, quite the trip down to Windsor, though. I really loved that one. That was like one of the best weeks I've had. No shit. Yeah, it was really fun. Really fun. Um, Colbert. Uh, Charles Cootie. I got my picture taken with Charles Cootie. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've had my picture taken with five Masters champs. Colbert was a beauty, man. Bucket hat and yeah. that Siggy all, that yeah. cigar all the time. You want to know what I learned on that? Huh. <laughs> Let's talk about Colbert. You know how everybody claps after the putts go in on, and they're all standing around the green in a big circle and it's really loud? Yeah. That's when they all fart. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That would make sense. You know, it's yeah. funny. We're getting a little insight into that now in the PGA yeah. Tour with no fans out on the golf course because everybody, like, yeah. we're picking up commentary that we wouldn't normally hear. Like, I refer to the Brooks Kepka comment all the time. That's favorite. pretty fucking good right there. <laughs> yeah. Love to hear. Kepka's a hell of a player. Oh. Hell of a player. What yeah. a champion. Here, here's a quick question before you go back into, like, your PGA Tour caddy history. But, like, if you were to compare, like, being a caddy now on tour compared to your time. Like I say that in a way like where pre say 2005, any time back, you're looking at like a golden era of yeah, like golf where it's old boys where it's yeah. like, you can kind of get away with murder. You didn't have that crazy exposure. You didn't have the personal brands. Well, before 2000, the fitness aspect, nobody had cameras there. on their fucking phones. That's no, exactly it. Or phones weren't allowed period. Right. Yeah. No. So like, right. imagine being a caddy now, like how much of a, giant difference that would be to your time out there well, the guys today are all fig jams yeah of course <laughs> yeah you know yeah, what that phil, means right phil mickelson yeah. <laughs> is the champion of fig jam yeah, enterprise not, well, not so much phil but a lot of the caddies they're all you know i'm good just ask me yeah and it's it's not like the old boys the old boys club like you know you got guys like cuzzy pat fitzgerald uh, Mike Hicks, who worked for uh, Payne Stewart forever, mm-hmm. great guy. You know, I mean, I could name these guys all day long, and they're all just beauties, right? You know, just super great guys. And a lot of them deal with personal tragedy, too. You know, I mean, it's they're people as well. And, you know, car accidents to accidents to illnesses and deaths and stuff like that. And, you know, I keep in touch with a lot of these guys, and I've lost about half a dozen of them in the last five or ten years. And it's always sad to see a caddy kick off, but everybody's always there for them. Like, we lost Shitty, and we lost Smitty. Um, <laughs> Shitty Smitty, I love Crundon, him. Mark, Mark Crundon, he was a great guy. One of my good buddies. And, um, you know, they're all, they're all just beauties, and then they do their best. And now the money that's coming in, like, if you look on the back of Gary McCord's card there that I gave you, he made like $30,000 for the year, 38000 for the year, and that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to the dog. He dropped a gem on us tonight, pre-pod. He, we have a player card for gary mccord texted gary sent him the photos texted stees the pro set pga tour card number 269 we're gonna post it on our socials but put it in there and and it won't get damaged that's a 10 right now and his mustache is black i know (laughs) it's it's funny that you even say like he made thirty thousand or thirty two thousand that year like matthew wolf at the wgc this past weekend only played one round 
and then withdrew. But it's a guaranteed pay. He made $42,000. Is he really 6'2"? It says Gary yeah. McCord. Oh, he's 60. a big guy, yeah. Is he really a big, big guy. guy? I always thought yeah. that. I always thought, I thought he was a, a small guy. dude, yeah. Yeah, I know. Gary's a big guy. Career earnings, 527. First year on tour, 1973. Yeah. Official money in 1990. <laughs> 191st position, 32 Gs. <laughs> 32 grand, That's yeah. when he made the transition to broadcasting. Yeah. Game over, brother. Well, that's, that, back that's the prime example of like the difference between now and today. Don't and let me leave that here. Don't I, I used to love watching golf, listening to Gary and... Uh, um, Peter Costas. Oh my gosh, his, his name just slipped my mind. David. No, the old guy, Ke- Kenny Venturi. Oh, oh Kenny. Kenny was yeah. great. Legend. You know, Legend. when when he was, you know, they were kind of weeding him out of there. I was like, ah, oh, I don't want Kenny to go. He's the best, you know. And Gary was there too. Now Gary's not even on the air much anymore. I don't think you know. Man, the first thing we said Gary's to him. Not on at all. First time yeah. we said to him in the podcast was, like, "Dude, you were on this, you know, sort of. I don't know what you want to call it, promo piece when he had the boys out there." With uh, some of the you know football stars and some of the PGA Tour stars playing together in the match, right? And we said, "Man, we miss you." Like I think everybody misses everybody Gary. Everybody misses Gary. There. He was the greatest. Did it wasn't it Gary that got in all that crap at the Masters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the yep. buried bodies saying, under saying the, the greens were as slick as a bikini wax. Yeah, <laughs> and there's bodies buried. He got underneath. banned. Yeah, he got banned for life, and they weren't kidding. They weren't kidding. Yeah, but I mean, like, but that's. That's Augusta. Augusta can do whatever the hell they want. That's and like you know, a whole other universe. Yeah, Augusta. and you know what? They do some shit that, like, I don't know if you watched that Tiger documentary, but like, I watched uh, most of this, most of the first one and uh, all the second one. Yeah, God, man, going back and listening to freaking Hootie, I wanted to punch that guy in the throat when I heard that line again about Tiger. I was like, you know what, man? Like, that shit is uncalled for in the game. Like, you can't do that anymore. No, and. Augusta just they have this weird aura and I guess like you could probably get a good idea of this like being in the game like in the PGA Tour where like maybe you weren't at Augusta but like there's still like that unwritten aura that's kind of floating around the PGA Tour of like things you can and cannot yeah that you can and cannot say and it's like man fuck off like (laughs) don't act like that like this this is ridiculous I think right up until Tiger uh, came on they had they had a picture of a black man hanging from a tree on the grounds of Augusta, still in the Butler cabin. Wow! And they had that removed, I think, just before Tiger started coming onto the scene. So that's it, he, not defending their culture at all, but I mean, that's what you expect out of that sort of demographic. So well, it's, it's really unfortunate. But all of the staff, all the caddies, were all black all Americans, black. right? All, yeah. And uh, basically, that's the way they ran it. It's still pretty much the same. But it's a lot more non-prejudiced, right? You know. Okay, we talked about Augusta. We know this man had a trip to the Open Championship at the Holy Grail of golf, St. Andrews. Yeah. Maybe give us a little backstory before we dive into that one. Well, as you guys know, the guy that turned you on to me, his name's Peter Vanderee. Uh-huh. Vandy for short. Vandy. <laughs> He's got JD's bag. He does. He works for John Daly and has for about 20 years now. But I think... Peter's fired John more times than John's fired Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's pretty close. We have some photographic evidence of those two having beverages, adult beverages together. So ah. I'll show you after. Okay, sure. Yeah, I got a ton of photos in my phone too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I imagine you do. We'll have a look at them. I want to see those penthouse photos. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he uh, he had managed to get stuck in Canada and. He was over in Toronto, Oakville area, and staying with the friends down there. And I said, well, why don't you just fly out to Vancouver and stay with me? Come on. So he comes out, and we're hanging out. He was there for pretty close to a month, I think. And he got his paperwork all straightened out, and everything worked out fine. And then he says, listen, dog, I'll buy you a ticket. Come on to the Open with me. And I said, what? Uh, really? Uh, what? Oh, I don't have a passport, right? You know, I got a passport that week, which was amazing. I don't know how they did it that fast. But I went, and I flew over there, and I landed in in uh, Edinburgh and then my plane I thought was to fly out the next day at noon but it was that night <laughs> and I'm like oh, oh, oh I didn't know what to do I'm in Heathrow I'm, it's huge so anyways I figured it all out and I had to stay at a hotel across the street and it was right after the bombings in King's Cross remember mm-hmm. Tiger Woods' yep. mum was around there and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh, it was like $450 for a night at this Renaissance hotel. So I stayed there in the morning, got back up, went back over to Heathrow and then caught a, no, it was in Heathrow. And then I flew to Edinburgh and then I took a train from Edinburgh right to St. Andrews. And then I had to walk the rest of the way in. But when I first walked in, I had my pull luggage with me and 
I walked around the corner in front of the Dunvegan, and there's old Tom Morris's shop down the alley there. Mm-hmm. So I walked around the corner, and it was starting to rain, and I tucked into a corner with my stuff in there and everything, and I could see the 18th green, the stands, the old royal and ancient building, and, and all, of, all of 18, and I just melted. I went, oh, my gosh, look at this, right? <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, some of the guys were all coming off, so I wanted to get straightened out because I didn't know where I was staying. I had to find Peter, and I don't know where he is or anything, right? So I'm sitting, well, I'm not going to look for him on the course. Let's go look in the bars. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to the Dunvegan we go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> actually looked in the Dunvegan. He wasn't there. The Pillmore, he wasn't there. And I think he was at the Tudor Arms down the street a little more, which is a little more friendly for those guys. So. Sketchy territory. Yeah, and I, I hooked up with him, and they said, okay, dog, you're here. Okay, come on. And I'm, oh, you can't stay with us. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry? So Lance was there. Oh. He was working for Robert Allenby at the Last time. call. And uh, he goes, yeah, dog, just go over to this place, put your stuff in there, you can sleep on the couch. And there was like three guys sharing this place, and it was like $4,000 a week oh, yeah. U.S. to stay there. And I was like, what? But it was beautiful, like, you know, the old stone yeah. uh, shingles on the roofs and really cool, right? And uh, I hooked up with the guys, put my stuff in there, and then, bam, we partied a little bit that night. I just quit drinking. When in 05, I'd quit drinking for almost two years. So I'm was a big scotch guy oh wow, <laughs> oh, wow. And you're at the and home I, of scotch i'm in the legendary land of oh mm. and i didn't have one i didn't have one drink wow yeah, i couldn't believe it myself congratulations man so the tournament went through and i ended up staying in the in the holiday inn beside the zoo in edinburgh for four days that, <laughs> and that was fun <laughs> well i mean just to put it into some context for people that don't really remember the 05 open it's a pretty special year i mean that's tiger's year jack's at, last exactly jack's my last, first yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dogs first. The tigers. Transition, the transition at the bridge. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Jack hands off to dog. Yeah. It was so great over there. I got a picture of myself on the Swilkin Bridge. Uh, a funny little story there. If you want to hear this one, uh, I walked out and there was a, a guy that's obviously worked there forever on the Swilkin Bridge. That's his gig. No, you can't walk over. He the bridge. lives under the bridge, probably. Pretty much, he looked like the bridge <laughs> troll guy. He's a big, big guy, and he's turning people away. No, you can't walk over the bridge. No, 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 and he's giving everybody hell, right? So I walk up to him and say, hey, do you think you'd take my picture on the bridge? <laughs> and he, oh, looks, yeah, no he looks at me like, what are you, daft? You know, like yeah. this. And then he sees my hat, and I got a caddy pass on my hat ah. with the claret jug on it. Uh-huh. And he goes, whoa, whoa, hold on. We've got a caddy here. He needs a pitcher. Back up, back up. And he moves everybody around, stands me on the edge of the bridge and takes Love me it. to get my picture taken, right? So, yeah, I laughed at that one, shook the guy's hand and everything and walked away. And then I managed to walk on this side of the burn and then jump the fence back into the 18th fairway without going over the bridge. Nice. And uh, Bernhard Langer was, was walking around. You would never know it was Bernhard Langer and his son, but he was walking around doing yardages on 18. The Germinator. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of, you know, gave him a little smile. He, he knows me kind of now. His uh, his caddy Terry is a really good guy, and um, it was just such a like you know wonderland when you're over there. It was like wow, and it's all going on. One time I was walking around, and I think it was probably Friday. I'm walking around. All of a sudden, I'm there's no golfers anymore, but I'm still on the golf course, and I'm looking around. I'm wondering what the heck, and I'm too far. Oh, I'm on the new course. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, because like, there's it's, no separation. Isn't it's, it? it's, it's only 135 years old. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. That's, That's crazy. So, yeah, it was just, you know, beautiful. And you got the, the, the bay there. And I stayed with this lady, I think, when I, first, when I first got there, I couldn't find them. So I, I had to stay with a woman named June Backhouse. That's how it turned out. And she had a B&B, and her son Randy was a, a cab driver. So he put me in there, and I slept for like 12 hours. She woke me up, thought I was dead. <laughs> I'm traveling from Canada. Do you know where Canada is? We have polar bears. I taught her, I taught her grandkids how to juggle, <laughs> and then I caught up with those guys, and then ended up staying in that stone shack. Right, and it was great. Just you know, partying with everybody. People were coming up, going, "Dog, what are you doing here?" You know, <laughs> like Scott Neiser, a really good friend of mine. They call him Boz. Well, they used to. I don't think they do anymore. He's working for David Tom's. And uh, I saw him in the, in the Dunvegan. and I go, hey, Nizer, he's like, dog, what are you doing here? You know, and then it caught on. Everybody knew I was there, and the party was on. So it was fun. I was just taking care of most of the guys and stuff, you know, like making sure everything was okay. But I wasn't drinking at all, so I was just keeping an eye on everybody. Yeah, right? yeah. managing people's personalities. Having a laugh, nonetheless. Yeah, because the, the cars obviously go down the wrong side of the road there, and if you're in the Pillmore pub, it spills out onto the road. But that side of the road is... 
people driving this way, you know, so it was pretty tense. And I thought, somebody's going to fall down in front of one of these cars. Careful, careful for them. oncoming traffic as you stumble. Yeah. And I guess uh, Saturday, I think it was Saturday or Friday, I don't know, John's uh, wife was there, and I waited for John to get on the first tee, and then I was sitting on the railing with... Uh, John Daly. Yeah, yeah, big John. And um, I was sitting on the, ra- on the railing with... Um, Oh, jeez, I can't remember his name now. That's terrible. Uh, we can edit this part out, right? We'll get back to it. <laughs> yeah, we can edit it. Anyways, I sat, I sat on the railing behind the first tee, and uh, when John came out, I started following him. But I also was walking around with his wife, Sherry, and two other guests of John's. I think the guy's a big pizza dough guy. He makes sure everybody has pizza dough in the United States, period. Right? Sherry the boxer? Uh, yeah, Sherry's a boxer, all right. <laughs> a little crazy. That's a, that's a story for another pod. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I followed her around and stayed with her because she had this $100,000 gold cross with diamonds all in it, just Jeez. hanging out, just hanging right out. And I thought, some little Scottish guy is going to grab that and bugger oh, off, and that's the end of it, right? Yeah. You know? So I kept pretty close to her and did that. And then, you know, John had his kids there and everything. And nice. it was just a really, really great week. Really great week. You know? what, what was it like experiencing... 05 Tiger at an open, or like this is the peak of yeah, his. That was like, the T Dub win, yeah, full throttle. Like, <laughs> I mean, truly, like experiencing a major in like the home of golf, where people were not just like an open. It's like this is people that respect golf. This is people that understood who they were watching. Right. This is madness. Yeah. Like, say, what was that like? It was it was insane because a lot of people came to watch Jack's last trip. Yes, and it was Mr. Nicholas's last trip there, and they uh, had come in droves. I saw Sam Torrance having a beer in the middle of the sidewalk with a bunch of people. <laughs> that's that's yeah. like the magic of the Open, though. Like yeah. it kind of like yes, it's a major, but like at the same time, like there seems to be like a feeling of like you know at ease with people, where it's like you know what I feel comfortable in the sense that like when you bring the European nature into it, it's like you know we, we don't have to just kind of be as tight as can be. It's like we can relax and enjoy this week for what have, it is. Have you guys been to a major? No. No, I've been Haunted. to two. I went to Sahali for that one. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the 05 Open Championship. And it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new ballgame. It's not a regular golf tournament. Everybody is... And it's All their big. P's and Q's. And everybody knows the rules. Everybody knows their etiquette. I mean, it's really something. It's, it's not chaos. Like the British, 16 at the British and the Scottish over there are just impeccable when it comes to this stuff right yeah. mm-hmm. do you remember jack uh, that year was signing those five pound notes that they put yep it's the only time in british money history that they put somebody on their money that wasn't royalty yep i brought back 25 pound notes i was gonna say i know someone I thought, that has one of those i've got one yep. uh, nice. i thought how can i get this autographed this is like big jack's last trip over here right oh, yeah and again the guy I was talking about thirsty <laughs> His name's Basil Van Royen, but uh, he says, "Doggy, give me one of those. I'll get, I'll get Jack, I'll get Jack to sign it for you." And I says, "Okay, here, Basil, take it." You know. And I thought, "Yeah, sure, right." Just lost five pounds. Two years later, <laughs> you got it in the mail, or two what? years later, he sent it to me in the mail. No, <laughs> there it is. Wow, big as big as life, Jack Nicholas on the back of this bill, and I that's, like, "Wow, that's right? phenomenal." It's stashed at my apartment inside a book, yeah. so nobody will ever touch it. Nobody knows it's there. <laughs> And uh, I've got a lot of golf trophies like that and a lot of really cool stuff. So, like, 15 but years removed from something like that, I mean, any major is special. But, like, when you look at a Tiger, especially because Tiger's kind of in the news right now, but, like, you look at something special like Tiger winning at the home of golf and Jack ending his career at the home of golf. And, like, when you walk away from something like that, like, how, how does that memory resonate in your mind, like, moving throughout your life? Peter and I were sitting in the Pillmore having fish and chips when Jack posed on the bridge. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so where were you? 150 yards away from the 18th green, but mm-hmm. we saw it on the TV and we're both looking and I'm pretty sure Jack had a couple of tears rolling out of his eyes there. He's you know, balling. he loved that place, you know? And, um, it was like I said, you, you said tiger major full throttle. If you, have you seen tiger play in real life? I've never, I, I have, no. yeah. to I see have, him yeah. hit a ball is pretty amazing. It's crazy. I mean, everybody else can hit a ball. But when he hit it, it was just like you knew it was going to be perfect, right? Yeah, it's funny. You know, we, we've we had the, the fortunate pleasure of hosting some caddies, some PGA Tour players. But there's a few people on tour, especially some of the TaylorMade guys sort of alluded to this 
I'm a TaylorMade guy. Are you a TaylorMade guy? Oh, yeah, big right time. On. Shout out TaylorMade. There Friends of the show. We got a little oh, yeah. hookup coming with our, Lan- our Lance Antoneco friend soon. Good, good. But they talk about being at the kingdom, and there's guys that hit balls, and they have all the whole stable of, you know, the top echelon of professionals. But there's a few guys that just make a little bit different sound when they compress the golf ball, and it's Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and Dustin Johnson. Sergio Garcia, too. Yes. Sergio can snap that ball. Bam. Yeah. It's crazy when you hear tour guys say that. Yeah. Where they go, when they're walking the range, and they go, oh, whoa. It's respect. They know that there is no messing up any movement in that swing. It's like pure. Well, there's just like that gunshot sound. It's like that is not like anybody else out here. Yeah, no 20 cappers reproducing that at the range with shitty balls off a mat. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) But I tell you, to see Tiger actually swing the club, I was made a point of following a few holes out there to see him. And off the tee, through the green, is just unbelievable. You know, it's all... How was that experience of seeing the crowds though? Like when the they're crowds just are mobbing this guy though, like with respect, though, respectable for sure. Mobbing, I guess you could call it. <laughs> I don't know, but the Scottish have a different view on golf as history mm-hmm. depicts, and they all just follow the rules. Like they could mob Tiger without even really bothering him. Yeah, you know, kind of. But they do get in. You know, they did get in his face, and everybody. I mean, you see in the past how they'd swarm in behind everybody. Right? Oh, they want to get a piece of the action. Yeah, they want to be on TV. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's it. Let's but, let's transition a little bit here, dog. Let's let's take it all the way back. Let's talk about your introduction to the game. Who introduced you to golf, and what was that whole experience? Well, it goes way back. Um, probably around 1972, 73. I was 13, and uh, there was a golf course at the end of our street called Skyway golf course i guess okay and i went down there with my cousin and his buddies who were all super hockey athletes mm-hmm. and i went around i'm thinking eh, i don't know eh, this is stupid i don't like it eh, i'm not gonna do that so i never really played golf or even got into it until i moved out here to british columbia and that would have been around 87 i guess i played that uh what's that one in horseshoe bay called again the little not for uh, yeah the nine hole one the nine holer <sighs> Something mountains. And oh, it's, some, uh, I can't remember. I haven't been there. Glen so Eagles. Long. Yeah, Glen yeah, Eagles. Eagles. That's what it's called. Yeah. I uh, went out there with some buddies from here, and um, I'm hitting it pretty good. And I've never even really had a lesson or anything. You know, I'm not doing too bad. I mean, I'm not going to score anything or anything. But I did get a birdie out of the day, and you know, played a little bit, and then again, put it on the shelf until I hooked up with my ex-wife, and um, I started playing on Vancouver Island, and I went out with this guy who. Regrettably, <laughs> he's a bit of a criminal, but uh, we played at the Kings something or other in Parksville there. And uh, Kings Barn? Kings Barn? Is no, that what it's called? It's, um, I don't know. It's more, it's in Parksville. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, they gave me a set of rental clubs. And then when we got in, it was getting dark and everything was closed. Oh, <laughs> so thanks I got for the, the rental clubs. I threw them in my trunk for a couple of weeks until I was driving by there again. And then I dropped them off. But I was. Using them to go hit balls and stuff, and I was Respect, thinking, respectable <laughs> thief. Uh, this is Love getting that. good. I'm getting good at this, man. I can, I can do this. You know, I got a couple of tips from some people, and the next thing you know, I'm, I'm hooking it and I'm cutting it, and you know, getting the hooked bug. on the game. I'm, I'm there, and uh, so I went out and bought a set of clubs and did all that and everything, and started getting into it and playing. And I gave up fishing, which is another really great story about steelhead trout. <laughs> but uh, I gave up the the fishing, which was pretty much what I really loved to do. I was a steelhead member of the society and all that, and, uh, you know, slate and steelhead everywhere. But I gave up the fishing and uh, focused on the golf. And then uh, we got pregnant and had a baby girl. And I still still managed to get out there and play. And uh, moved out to Port Moody and then met a bunch of golfers and then started to go out with them all the time. And they were always asking me and stuff. And I was getting better and better and better and better and better. And I guess it took me about five... Uh, pushing 10 years and I got my cap down to about a seven so it wasn't too bad and then uh I my lowest round was at uh, Guilford I shot one over par nice at Guilford that was my best round ever. shout out Guilford that one of our buddies that's on the pod with us he grew up playing that track too yeah. so yeah. it's pretty funny yeah. I, I eagled the old ninth hole it used to be the ninth hole but they've changed it around now is that the track that has the power lines that come yeah. through yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you ever seen a ball hit one of those <laughs> no i've only heard about <laughs> it's it the same as that uh, mayfair lakes coming in there's that power, yeah, power, power lines, lines. Oh, I've done. yep we were down at mayfair lakes but i haven't played it yet. oh yeah. what hole is that that's like 17 uh, and 18 I yeah think, out in that end but yes I've, actually 18 I've pounded a drive right into it right into the thing <laughs> a re-tee. 
it hits the wire and goes. The yeah. electricity just Rub the green, man. You got to go play that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the other side of the highway. Yeah. But yeah. It was, um, hey, man. Winter rules playing as it lies. Yeah. Um, Guilford is a great little track for, you know, shaping your game up and stuff. It's a lot, a lot of times you got to wait, you know, because there's a lot of amateurs out there and a lot of guys, you know, just wasting time looking for balls and stuff and everything. But for, for Guilford, it's cheap. It's fun. You know, you can always get out out there and uh, played out there quite a bit. And, um, I guess Northview, just up the road, yep. is a better choice for the. I like the canal myself and and the ridge, but you know I played I played everything, say Kamloops down, except, oh, yeah. except uh, Christina Lake, and Balfour are okay. two courses I haven't played. I've played almost everything else all through the Columbia Valley. Nice radium down to um, down to the border. What's the name of that big town that begins with a C? Cranbrook. Cranbrook, right. So come all the way down from Radium to Cranbrook and then along the south side, played all through there, played everything around Vancouver and within reach and uh, Vancouver Island. I'm not all right. Most of the Vancouver Island courses. What about the burning question then? How many holes in one? One. One hole in one. One hole in God, one. I just, I don't like meeting people that have them. And it was on the... I'm tired of it. It was on the eighth <laughs> hole at uh, Riverway. Riverway? Yeah. I we bought, hear that sneaky good. I bought a, I bought a new pair of Adidas shoes. Well, that that's day, what it was. I walked out, and we were standing on the tee box. And the funny thing is, this guy we were playing with, he says, yeah, I'd like to get a hold of one and, you know, win a car. And, you know, I, and I said, well, there's only one way to do that. If you want to cheat to do it, you got to set it up with the guys in front of you to leave your ball in the hole when they walk off yeah. and then distract the ball watcher <laughs> and then just start jumping around on the tee box like you got a hole in one and then your ball's in the hole, right, you know? <laughs> so we're laughing about that. And then all of a sudden, bam, I hit a five iron. My buddy, Scotty Anderson, he works for Doc. Uh, Kiso Turf Supply, he, uh, he just has a beautiful shot. He's a righty, and he hits a beautiful draw. About a three, four-inch draw, right down, boom, rolls right by the hole, and he's three inches, right? And I go, oh, right? Wow. So I took out my five iron. I played tailor-made tour preferred TPs. Oh, wow. Blades, and I throwbacks. smacked this five iron, and I caught it pure. And I'm watching it, and it goes up, it goes up, but it doesn't go too high. It comes down, hits the green. You know that eighth green there? How it's kind of got I've that. never played it, but well, I hear it's sneaky Riverway? good, yeah. So it cruises. I see it roll up, and then it disappears. I go, my buddy goes, I think you just got a hole in one. I go, I think I did too. <laughs> so we go up there, right, and look in the hole, and there's my ball in the sure, hole. Sure, shit. Right? I start jumping around. Ooh, took a picture, all that stuff. Sick. Scotty's looking at me like, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I said, what, you, you didn't think I was going to let you beat me with that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little off-topic, a little off-topic, then on-topic I, kind of story regarding hole-in-ones. Like, uh, so... Parks used to work at a golf course back in Edmonton, Riverside, and I one of my first pros was Bruce MacArthur. Shout out, Bruce. Legend. Pidge. Oh, shit, shit show. <laughs> Absolute shit. pigeon. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was a backshop or a cat, not caddy, backshop kid out there way back in the day. And was it number eight, that par three that's like blind yeah. going up? Yeah. Shorty, so, like yeah, 90 short. yards, 110 or yeah. something. Yeah, short. So a bunch of them used to lay on the green while got, where groups were coming up. And they would just, as soon as the ball would hit, they'd roll over, grab the ball, drop it in the hole, and then roll oh. off and go hide in the bush. And hide in the bush, yeah. One day, there was 18 recorded hole-in-ones <laughs> on that hole. And still to this day, unless people listen to this, which there may or may not be dead, we don't know, they still believe they got that hole-in-one. 18 in one day. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> Easy funny. pin, man. Easy pin placement. <laughs> Front right, baby. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, a little backspin, just <laughs> back. We're good. I've, I've missed probably six. Six hole in ones like Same. just, just missed, them by <laughs> missed a bunch. Yeah, you, you guys did a Tobiano thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was looking on your on the podcast there, and when we first played Tobiano, it was only open for about a week. Mm-hmm. And on the front nine, their signature par three there mm-hmm. is it the third or the seventh? Seventh, uh, seven, seven or eight. I think actually. it was. It's the, the one over the valley. Yeah, that, yeah. All I carry. think it's seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost jarred it on that hole. And I left it like right on the edge of the cup. It, you know, sh- the shade might have dropped it in. Yeah, it was that that's close. a four jack favorite. Just that a course. sea hair, yeah. sea hair. Yeah, there, beautiful. I love that course. I hit one of my biggest drives there ever, two, 425 yards. Jesus, did it's you a, find it though? Yeah, well, you, okay. know, you know the part. It's a par five that comes down that hill. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big one, absolutely. The one that kind of goes down in the valley. Oh but yeah, it's you like can five, smash it. Five maybe something. No, like it's that? it's on the back nine coming in. Back nine coming in. Huge par five goes all oh, the sorry, way it's down like, uh, 15 uh, or 16 15, 16, maybe. yeah, something like that, yeah. So I hit this huge draw thinking I got to beat those bunkers down yes. there. And I come up short. 
but I caught the con- the concrete rim of the path. <laughs> Boom! It, it, bounced o- it bounced over those bunkers, caught the downslope, and oh, rolled right shit. up to 130 in on a par five. I'm Flip like, holy shit, let's figure this out. How far was that? I love it. And uh, I walked out of there with a birdie. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, no eagle. Yeah, uh, could have putted it on and two putted from there for birdie. But yeah. we'll go back. We'll go back just a little bit here, though. We're gonna kind of go back on track with the tour talk. I mean, you you kind of made your way back to the tour a little bit for what time? What year did you finish kind of caddying? Well, I, last year uh, they played over at uh, Bear Mountain. There, I worked for Mark Maybe. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it was from 05 on, you kind of got back on and you were yeah. bag to bag, kind of like a you know guest star caddy. Yeah, do the celebrity up. shifts. If there was somebody that didn't have a bag and didn't want, you know, get a kid out of the parking lot, they'd say, well, dog's here. You know, mm-hmm. Like Mike Halbert. I worked for Mike Halbert in Calgary. So what was your experience then from like... Well, Mike was great. Until you kind of decided, okay, this is enough. Like, well, my legs There's got to be some going. stories, yeah. Yeah, let, let's get into that then. I couldn't, uh, couldn't maintain a 100-yard walk. I'd have to stop and, Oof. you know, just rest my legs a little bit. And then I spent months with the doctors and the medical system here, like trying to find out what the hell was going on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, why do my legs give up on me? So I went from vascular to, or no, vascular was the end. I went from all this diabetes stuff to this, to that, to that. And I'm not diabetic and da 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 And they couldn't figure it out. And then finally they figured it out. And then it was, you got to get in here and get an operation. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was going to have a little six inch operation and that ruined me there. So I haven't really worked as a caddy since Mark Weeb over at uh, the last Bear Mountain. And, uh, I went over the year before and hung around, didn't get a bag or nothing, but just hung around with all the guys and, yep. and stuff, you know, and it's always fun to go over there just to hang out with the guys. Cause I don't have to have any mm. passes or anything. Shoot I can go shit. anywhere. Right. Yeah. You know? I walk around pretty much go and have lunch with all the guys in the caddy shack and all that stuff. It's always fun. Mm. And, uh, I guess Oh five. Um, I can't, I lived in Burnaby. I lived in Burnaby, uh, Lowheed village there. I lived there for 10 years. So I moved out of there in 2015 over to Vancouver Island and proceeded to ruin my life. <laughs> Worst mistake ever. It's got to be a lady story, I assume. Uh, no, nah, it was more of a business operation operation that was going to start, and I got promised the moon and the stars and ended up with nothing. Yeah. And um, it was terrible, but that's not for golf. But um, I guess the big thing for me was, like, like we were talking about the old days, was that you could walk out, hang out in the parking lot, and if a guy rolled in, he didn't have a caddy, he'd Got a you know, bag. see who's in line, one, two, three, four, yeah. or, you know, his pick. I had Scott Gump's bag at the Air Canada Championship one time, and this fireman from Maple Ridge, I can't remember his name, goes, come on, dog, you don't need the money, you don't, blah, 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 blah. I says, fine, man, we're going to whine that much, go ahead and take Scott's bag, right? Yeah. And Scott did really well that day, and then the next day he did pretty good too, but then that was it. He didn't do well on the like. On the I don't, weekend. don't even think he made the weekend. I'm not sure. Yeah. But the guy, the guy that uh, you know took his bag, it was like they already had a thing. Well, that other guy wanted to, you know, some stuff like that happens. But nowadays, you can't go to the parking lot and stand around. It's you know, your buddies are going to call ahead and they're going to have you locked into that bag a week before it happens, yeah. or two weeks, or three weeks now. You know, yeah. and all the all the guys on the Champions Tour are caddies that have been out there for 30 years 40 years um like bones and mickelson had a career together my really good friend jeff dolph worked for craig stadler for pushing 40 years wow you know and they had a a relationship together that was just perfect right you know fire each other same thing you know hell or high water kind of partnership but yeah um you know that that's the longevity of having that partnership, you know, you got to have that because you can't go in as a pro, pick up a, a stranger, and then what? This kid's gonna try and club me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Know? Kid, bugger off! You couldn't club a carp. Yeah, you know. So that happens, <laughs> but in a pinch, they'll take. Yeah, you know, yeah, they'll take who's there. But now you got friends and family. It's all set up. It's you know. You're not going to go to a PGA event and try to get a job as a caddy in the parking lot anymore. That'll never, never happen. Well, I think especially like you look yeah. at the players nowadays where even look at the mental, the mental training of the game. That wasn't something that was practiced 10, 15, 20, 30 They were doing that ago. in the bar. Yeah, right. exactly. It was, it was all set in motion. They knew. They, they want familiarity. They want to know who they're dealing with. Like I was listening to a story Max Homo was talking about when he went and played in 
um, Punta Cana. And he didn't have his, he didn't have Joe, his regular caddy, couldn't get over there, didn't want to, just COVID issues. And he's like, Max was saying, he was like, God, you know what? Nice guy, really nice guy. But it's just like the regular things that you get so used to or so accustomed to with your caddy. And it's just like, I I don't want to deal with the nonsense of someone else. I don't want someone saying, you should hit this. No, No, man. man. Exactly. Nah. That is not what I'm going to hit. You got to be a three up caddy. Show up, keep up, and shut Shut up. up. That's right. Exactly. Put up and shut up. That's the bottom line. Love it. You know. Or there's the cooch situation where he picks up a local caddy in yeah. Mexico. Mayacoba, right? Yeah. yeah. What did he pay him? Yeah. 500 bucks? Yeah. yeah. No, nice, no. Nice no. Day. He gave him 15 grand altogether. But, ah, but ah, he should have. You got to understand, though. They afterwards. Made, they made that deal. Of course. They shook hands. Yeah, they made totally. a deal. He didn't say, I'll give you 10% if I win. No. Nope. Right? You get this much for the week, and that's that. So yep. they had their agreement. Yeah, it was pre- predisposed. The guy was totally happy with it. He had his money. He's a Mexican. He's got five or 15 grand US. Yeah. yeah. Happy days. But, you know, entitled to it, he was not because they did not have that agreement. And I stuck by Cooch on that all Social the way. media, man, yeah, just killed they, it. They did. They, you know, start piping up. And now, what, now you're a whiner, pal. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, and it made Cooch look bad. And Cooch it is did. the greatest guy ever. He is. He's, nice, he's uh-huh. a super nice guy. Yeah, I, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Cooch down at the Vintage Club. He plays a lot of off-season golf down there. And I was a caddy down there. And, and uh, he was always down there. And, yeah, nicest guy. Him, he played a lot of golf with his dad. And yeah. Super Always had time to say hi and talk to you or yeah. whatever, but like last yeah. time they were at Shaughnessy, I uh, I took a series of photos of him swinging. Nice, I've got him somewhere, might be in my phone. I don't know. Nice, love it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Cooch is a great guy, and it's it's miss. You know, you you misread something like that, you're gonna lose in the long run, buddy. You know, it you got to shake sure. his hand and say, well, what about my my ten percent or my seven percent for a top ten or my you know top fifteen? Can't 5%. can't can't do it after the fact. Oh, that's unless bullshit. you're unless you're a full time professional caddy, forget yeah. it. You know, you're just a just a guy that just came in off the street. You're just a Joe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so so dog. What does it what does the future hold for you? Well, right now I'm trying to get my legs back in order. Yeah. I'm walking as much as I can. I've uh, I've got a job uh, on the 12th of March coming up here. My uh, good friend Chris uh, has entrusted me with his two boys. Okay. <laughs> nine and seven. Uh-oh. And Uncle Dog's coming back for... Yeah, last year I had him out. We we're ready to go. We we're in the car. We got our clubs. We were going to go, you know, teach him how to play and maybe, you know, screw around, play a few rounds or something somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And they slapped us closed with that COVID thing. They shut down the courses. They No carts, no Brutal. this, no that, everything. So we couldn't even do it, right? So they've been disappointed ever since last year, but now I'm going to pick them up this this uh, coming uh, couple weeks here. We're going to jump in the caddy and go do some gold prospecting and some fishing and Love some it. golfing and you know just take a, take the pressure off his dad, their dad, for a while, so he's not going to go crazy right <laughs> off into the sunset. He's had them both, you know, in the house for forever. So I can't imagine having kids through COVID, man. Jesus, oh, yeah. there'd be some holes in the backyard with gravestones. These guys are good kids. They're good kids. But <laughs> how have you found being you know, a BC guy and it doesn't mean, mean BC anywhere, but like watching COVID and golf where it is like the craziest explosion of the sport. Well, you know, I was watching uh, this whole thing go down for the last year. Right. And I thought to myself, I I lived through the stars, the SARS thing. Okay. That was pretty scary back then. Right. Like I was leaving the Toronto airport one day and I saw Mel Lastman standing there. I go, yay, Mel. And they're doing a big interview with him about, you know, whether Toronto's safe or not. And I walked right past them and I heard this and I was on the escalator just behind them going up and the cameras were there. So I went, Hey Mel, <laughs> Toronto rocks. Yeah. But uh, you know, so these pandemic situations are, you know, like coming and they're all coming out of China. They've all come out of China. So, I mean, you know, we've got to figure that part out, but uh, to shut the world down over this and then realizing a year ago, I called it, I said, wait until it mutates. Wait until it, you know, gets together with the yeah. regular flu. What's it going to do then? And here we have it now, stage one, two, three, and possibly a fourth variant. Yeah, these variants. Right, so. Crazy. You know, that I've watched. And, uh, you know, realistically, 135 people died of heroin overdoses last month in Vancouver, period. Yeah, Vancouver's not, the, you know, we're not talking about that, unfortunately. No, but as a comparison. No, I mean, like, we're not, like, nobody's yeah. talking about no, it. As a comparison to this virus. Why aren't they stepping it up down here? You well, why? Yeah, why aren't saw, they talking about that? That's yeah, a little more relevant that's than what like should be talked about. I saw yeah. a guy injecting himself on the street. Yeah, on Maine the other day when I was driving down there, looking at it, going, "Really? 
Yeah. Right there on the street. Just no shame. I think we saw it just the it's other addiction, day. addiction, man. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. It's open air down there, and it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't want to go to the drug end of this thing, but 135 people in one month, and now it's not just the fentanyl. It's carfentanol. Yeah. And now there's even a third one I saw on the news, epizemo something or other, that's even more lethal. Jesus. You know, and I mean, it's taken our youth out of this country. My dearest friend Pam lost her son to an overdose. He's oh. heading for his 19th birthday. This is just a couple months ago. Sorry to hear that, man. He's, he was a triplet, right? Two girls and a boy. You ever see that movie Elf? Oh, my favorite Christmas movie. You know the very time. beginning? Santa's coming! <laughs> Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. You know the very beginning with the babies yeah. in the crib? And then you yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. the baby that crawls out of the bag and then sits up? That's him? Well, that was her daughter. He was in the crib. Riley was no in the crib. And, uh, her, oh, no. That was really the kids? Yeah. In the movie? Yeah. Oh, shit. They used all three. I just put that know, together. Sorry. three listeners. babies for the price of one kind of deal, right? Oh, wow. So Riley was uh, in the shot in the crib. And then Sarah or Amanda was the baby that crawled out of the bag with Ed Asner and sat up. And then they cut away and it's Will Ferrell, right? That's so but yeah, I mean, Santa. and this kid was misled and he got stuck in that rut where you start doing that stuff with your friends and then the friends all bag out on you and he, he just did it all by himself and he, his dad found him, which was tragic, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I've known this kid since before he was born. Yeah. It hurts. Tough. It hurts everybody. Could have been a better place to replace drugs with golf clubs, kids. That's the lesson of the day today. Yeah, I agree on that one. Get on the course. Bogies. Get out there and do it. Well, Bog- this is the time to do it, too, because, I mean, to kind of tie it back into, like, the original questions, like, it is shocking seeing, like, how big golf has gotten in this time. It's yeah. the one thing, the one sport that's, like, stood out among the rest and, like, literally gone, like, hey, we're good. You can do this. Like, I, I, I always say this. Like, I worked... I used to work in the golf business, Parks did as well. I worked at a golf course last summer. At a golf course that, personally, my favorite layout maybe ever. Nicholas Signature Course in Edmonton. Yeah. Oh, the Bear? Bear. Yeah. I played there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Fantastic track. What a day that was. But, like, literally, like, (laughs) dead for the entire time it's it's been open. Not dead, but not busy. Seven to seven, seven to eight, every single day, no single open spots ever. I've never seen it like that. I'm like, so this is 30 minutes outside of the city at, say, 100 bucks a round, and you're like, how is this full? Like, yeah. and, the, and it's everywhere. It's absolutely well, everywhere. They're this letting game. us play golf. Let's go play golf. Yeah. Yeah. Rounds are up by what? Like 30, 40, 50%? And, and it's just like... Everyone says that this year is going to be even busier, yeah. which doesn't is surprise crazy. Me. Yeah. I, I would love to get out to the links at Boundary Bay as much as I could, yeah. you know, because I love that track. And shout out to Maria and Jeff or uh, Brad, you yeah. know, Ewells. They, uh, they've done a wonderful thing with that course. They put the new clubhouse in and all that. Love it. And uh, you just, the Jones is there. I mean, you know, hey, we can play golf. Well, let's go. Yeah. I mean, well, we can't go watch the Canucks or we can't, you know, go to a basketball game. Or we can't go to a football game. They haven't even had football in Canada, you know. Dog, you're not a Canucks fan, are you? No. Okay, good. Oiler fan. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll right take after it. my Leafs. Take yeah. all 67, <laughs> bro. After they just stomped us the last two games. I, I got to say, I got to say, though, when I was about four or five years old, my father walked me into Maple Leaf Gardens. And I walked up there, and we see you walk up the stairs, and you're going to get to the top. I get to the top, and I go, hey, it's all in color. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've never seen a color TV yet. I right? thought the leaves were black and white. Dad went out <laughs> yeah. in here. That's one of the things I remember the most <laughs> is walking up and looking at the whole ice and the red line and the blue line going, it's in color. I love <laughs> it. Oh, shit. You watch so, hockey in black and white, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You get no, yeah, exactly. You have no idea what's going on. So, dog, as we're winding down this evening, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and, yeah, sure. and we may have a second installment of this action because let me, there's let more. Let me know. I'll bring two more guys with me. Because there's more. That, I'm sure there's more to tell. We got, doc, we got the doc. Kieran Doherty lives out in Tawasa. Oh, yeah, and the doc. And Stacy's over in Seashell. Uh, we could have a little round table here. We could have we can have three long term guys in with here. With the old yeah, boys. For sure. I like I this. St- All right. Uh, Stacy, I don't know if you'll come over. He's working at the liquor store now. We'll get him in. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting for right Lance. where he began. Yeah. He's waiting for Lance to show up with his points card. Yeah. yeah. So we always like to ask our guests one sort of I don't know if it's touching or tear jerking or heart string pulling question, but 
out of all of your experiences with golf, we, we like to talk about maybe one experience that's really resonated with you and you've carried with you. It could be an experience on course, maybe a run-in with somebody you had a really crazy experience with or some kind of touching emotional experience. Oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, Put you in a hot seat. There's so much out there that I've done and had fun with. Um, if someone said golf, what does golf mean to you? What would be the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, geez, the most enjoyable thing I think I've ever partaken in. Yeah? Right, yeah. I mean, of all the sports, I was pretty much a sports guy. I played baseball and, and football and, you know, regular high school activities and stuff like that. And I've always been pretty athletic. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're a big dude, so I'm sure you are. And golf, to me, when I gave up fishing, it was like, yep. I think I'm going to really, really dig this. So I started buying the best equipment and the best bag and the best <laughs> shoes and, you know, the clothes and everything. I had like $10,000 worth of golf shirts hanging in my closet. Because you know? <laughs> that's going to make you good, right? Everybody thinks that for sure. I love it. But, but just in general, I mean, golf is, is the love of the game. I mean, it's, I can't remember that quote that Payne Stewart um, said. Um, if blah, 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 you can't shake hands at the end of it all and walk away as friends, then you miss the point. Right. Mm. Have you ever heard that, that mm -hmm. quote yep. by Payne? hundred percent. I can't say it exactly, but you know, that's the thing. It's the, the camaraderie, the enjoyment, the telling stories, you know, chopping your friends down and not really chopping them down, but you know, wow, nice shot. It's <laughs> this, <Yeah. laughs> it's this right here. What we exactly it. it opens so many doors and connects so many people. It's such an inclusive platform that we wouldn't have the opportunity to share these stories and experience what, you know, via what you're telling or via what Chris is telling, but we have this like this weird, unique sense of understanding exactly what you're talking about, even though we were never there. And that's yeah. that's that's truly what encompasses what, what you're talking about, that whole the whole, love for the, the whole love for the enjoyment sport. of everything. I don't I, I don't really think I can actually say I've had a bad day golfing. No. A bad day unless there's something happened on the way to the course or on the way home from the course, you know. But it's the stuff off the course that makes it bad. But even yeah. if you're playing bad, you're like you know, I could be a lot of other places. Exactly. Shit. Exactly. I can't say I've had a bad day on the golf course. Love it. You know, bro I broke my driver on the third hole one time, and I still didn't have a bad day. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, Been there. You know. <laughs> Done that. Yeah. Exactly. All right, I got to ask you this one then, because you might have a really great perspective on this. If you're the commissioner of golf globally, all of the game, if you could change one thing about the sport, what would you change? Hmm. That's a really good question. If I, if I was the main guy and I could make all the rules, I'd like to see um, maybe speeding up the time mm -hmm. without chopping the, the game, but just have everybody adhere to, look, we've got this much time on each hole. We've got to play proper. You know what I mean? Without really, you know, going out and saying, well, let's make the holes bigger. Do you remember when they did that? I yeah. The pro, the pro out at Redwoods, I'm going, he goes, look, I said, what the hell's with these holes? He goes, well, and I said, well, so you can cheat? You know, speed up on. pace of play. It's yeah. bullshit. It was crazy. I mean, they didn't do that, but I mean, leaving the flag in, that was a big one. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with it. Nope. But I think for amateur golf, it does speed up the game because, you know, you got one guy who, who gets a flag. Yeah. Mm. Where does it go? Where do I park Who my picks car? it up? That you is know? a big issue with amateur golf. Like, people exactly. that are new to the game, like learning the nuances, it's got it. Painful to watch. Right. It's a new, it's a new language. The, the yeah, best, new language. the best part about new golfers when you're out there with them is nailing them with penalties. Oh, <laughs> it's I know. the best. Oh, you know? oh, two strokes. You can't oh. touch a, you can't touch your club in the bunker like it's that. It's almost like a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a running joke on on new golfers, and yeah. that's the hardest thing I find. Right, well, watching them deal with it. If you're gonna oh. if you're gonna pick up the clubs, you should pick up the book. You know, pick up the book and. I think I think picking up the pace of play for the people that are stuck in between the bad players and the slow players, and mm -hmm. you got four guys that are striping it down the middle and they're doing yeah. their stuff. You know, they want to play tickety poo. They don't want to mess around and wait for Joe Blow. You know, and that can We've cause been there. it can cause problems on the course with people yelling and stuff. And I'd really like to see people stop picking up stray balls. That's one thing. <laughs> You'll never stop that. I, I saw a guy pick finders up my keepers. Ball. I saw a guy pick up my ball at the end of the second hole at, at the Kings Links, and I waited for him. And I said, "Hey, did you did you guys see a ball over here that said practice on it?" I swiped <laughs> it from the range. Right? <laughs> you know. I don't know. That's a that's bit a, of a double standard. That's there. a members <laughs> move right there. <laughs> practice Pro, Pro V1 practice ball. Okay, <laughs> and uh, he says, "No, nah, I didn't take your ball." 
and I was with a couple of guys that I know, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to start anything here. But we play two, we play three, and the fourth hole is a short par four <laughs> dog leg there. So I already know where this is going. My buddy's in the bush right at the corner of the grass there behind the bunkers. And he goes, hey, dog, I found your ball. <laughs> I go, How the hell did it get over here? <laughs> so this guy hit it on four and lost Clipped it. Clipped one in the trees. Right. So I, was, I just, I walked into the clubhouse after and they were sitting there and I just had it in my hand. <laughs> hey, bud, you lost this. Yeah, I almost <laughs> fucker. I wanted to throw it on yeah. the table, but I didn't do it. Oh, gosh. Well, but, I think that's a perfect way to kind of, you know, just yeah. the, the, na- the naive golfer out there and the people that just... Make us angry, make us laugh, but yeah, but it's a good story at the end of it. It's a good story at the as end it's of been it. tonight. Yeah, exactly. Always. Dog. Well, if you guys have me back on, I'll tell you the bro Jake and Oli, the joke guy story from Squamish. That's yeah, part yeah. two. That's, That's part, part two. two, buddy. I'll hold you to it, Doc. <laughs> thank you so much for jumping on with us, man. Like this is an absolute blast. Great. Thanks for thanks for having me on. I'm I'm glad to help in any way I can. I'm, Still tons more to go if we want to plan one. That's part yeah, two. no, absolutely. We'll we'll definitely have a second installment. We'll we'll round up the boys. Maybe we'll try and get Peter on the uh, Zoom call. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you everybody for listening. And we'll chat with you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.